Welcome to episode two of the Seth Hizzy Sports Podcast, where I give you all sports and no bullshit. We're going to kick it right off talking about the Boston Red Sox and how they played over these first five games with a record of four and one. After this fifth game, we've had five straight games to start the season where the starters gone at least five innings and le- allowed one run or less. That is a remarkable stretch and something you don't really expect when your bottom four are Price, Porcillo, Hector Velasquez, and Brian Johnson. Got to give a hat off to those guys. Got to give Alex Cora a round of applause for how he's managed these guys, how he trained these guys, and how he got them ready for the beginning of the season. Now we're going to kick it around a little bit, talk about some of the highlights of last night and of the past couple nights, uh, starting off with Edwin Encarnacion's home run. That was a heck of an inside-the-park home run. Obviously, because he's not a fast guy, there was some poor fielding in there, too. Uh, that play should have been made, in everyone's opinion. However, it wasn't, and Edwin Encarnacion took advantage. Kenley Jansen Uh, apparently 31 minutes ago, said he's fine, even though he's had struggles early this season. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens, but uh, knowing Kenley Jansen and knowing how, uh, what a heck of a ball player he is, he should be able to recover. I fully expect that he will recover from these struggles, that he will not have any issues coming back and being the strong reliever that he is. Uh, In other baseball news, uh, Bartolo Colon, hashtag big sexy. He makes history for pitching for his eighth American League team, and he had a heck of a good time doing it. Had his nasty two-seamer that brought him this far in the MLB, and it was great to see big sexy back out on that mound. Um, and in other in other news, uh, since I'm a Red Sox fan, I love to pay attention to them. Something I found interesting last night was that Big Poppy, Jorge Posada, and Derek Jeter were all up in the owner's box at Marlins Park chatting. You know, I wonder if they were debating uh, which team was better, the 03 Yanks or the 04 Sox. I wonder if they got a little rivalry going there. Uh, and it was great to see Big Poppy make an appearance, even though he's been retired. We all miss him. Uh, Boston misses him. No one will ever forget the 2013 Boston Strong speech that he gave after the Boston Marathon bombing. Uh, Hats off to such a classy guy. Still goes down to his home country and does all types of charity events, donates money, builds houses. Got to give kudos to the guy. Uh, Huge respect, huge fan. Got to love him. Let's see what else is going on right now. Uh, Bryce Harper had a streak where he hit a a home run. In three consecutive at-bats, everyone's having issues stopping him from hitting home runs. Good to see one of the stars, the premier stars of our era, uh, taking off and becoming so successful. In other, in other great news, uh, the Astros had issues unveiling their World Series banner. That was quite an embarrassing scene out in Houston last night as they're all standing there. Uh, on the field, lined up on the foul line, music's blasting, and they can't get the damn cloth off of the World Series banner. You know, you'd think that's something you would have practiced before the game, but because of wind, etc., they had issues getting it off. I found it humorous. Uh, if you go on thescore.com, you go on, uh, I believe the Astros Instagram and Twitter posted it. Uh, feel free to comment below if I'm wrong about that or where else you can see it. I'm sure it's on ESPN. I'm sure it's on uh, Fox Sports, too. Um, so just go online, find that. You'll get a good kick out of seeing all the ball players standing there laughing, waiting in anticipation to see their World Series banner. It's kind of a 
kind of a weird dumb looking banner to me but that's me on other big news MLB says no mistakes were made in the replay review of the Tigers Pirates opener uh, for those of you who don't know there have been huge huge debates and huge controversy controversy over that call in the opening day game. I will pull that up so I can get the exact quote from MLB for you guys. Um, however, my computer is being slow right now, so I'm a little off the cuff. Tonight, the Red Sox have Chris Sale starting against the Miami Marlins. Uh, it'll be great. Uh, it's always great waking up as a Boston Boston sports fan and knowing you've Tuka Rask in goal tonight and you have Chris Sale on the mound. That's always, always, always a great feeling. Uh, here we go. Here is the quote from MLB. And I'll probably, I'll go into what happened. Uh, Ron Gardenhire, uh, Detroit Tigers manager, said that the league acknowledged it made a mistake in the opener when umpires overturned what would have been the game-winning run. Base runner Nicholas Castellanos was initially called safe when he tried to score on a Jacoby Jones single, but the ruling was reversed after review. The league, however, said no such mistake occurred. Uh, the quote from the league was, The nature of the exchange with the Tigers was that the replay officials made the correct call based on conclusive evidence. The video clearly shows the catcher applying the tag on the upper arm of the runner. So the run didn't count. Garnhire was tossed, and the Tigers lost 13 to 10 in the 13th inning. Uh, apparently, Garnhire claimed Monday that the league told him there was no definitive proof of a tag on Castellanos, and that the play should not have been overturned. Uh, Garnhire's quote was: "The explanation was that they really didn't have conclusive evidence that someone tagged him. Yeah, he might have got him. We think he got him. Is not good enough." In the situation, it has to be definitive. Obviously, it didn't happen. There were mistakes made. That's fine. It won't bring anything back. Uh, they lost all three in the series. Uh, however, they did pick up their first win Monday against the Kansas City Royals. All that information is courtesy of thescore.com, the best sports website. Uh, in, in hilarious news, the Royals claimed Abraham Almonte... And in order to have enough room on the roster to put Abraham Almonte on the roster, they had to cut Miguel Almonte, um, which I find pretty pretty hilarious. That they're not they're not related. They do both come from the Dominican Republic. However, they both do have the same last name, and it's funny that they picked up one. They had to drop one to pick up the other. Uh, here we will do a look around the games. This afternoon, as I said today at 6:10, the Red Sox take on the Marlins. Chris Sale is going to be pitching for the Red Sox, and Jose Urena, who has thrown four innings with an 11.25 ERA, will be pitching for the two and three Miami Marlins. On other baseball games today, the Kansas City Royals take on the Detroit Tigers at 1:10. 4:05, Tampa Bay plays New York. 435, Seattle takes on San Fran. At 640, you have Chicago, Cincinnati. 707, you have the White Sox, Toronto. Phillies, Mets. Washington, Atlanta. Seattle, uh, St. Louis, Milwaukee. Excuse me. And then to end it at 810, you have Baltimore and Houston. In other sports news, 
we will we will switch it over to college basketball where Villanova wins their second title in three years. Uh, as many of my friends know, I am a through and through North Carolina Tar Heel fan, and they won their first championship three years ago against my Tar Heels. Hats off to Jay Wright. Hats off to that team for coming out and proving that they are one of the elites in college basketball. Jay Wright proving that he is one of the best co active coaches in the game today. He is one of three coaches with two or more championships active in men's basketball. The other two are Duke's Mike, Mike Krzyzewski and my North Carolina's Roy Williams. So hats off to him. Hat, hats off to D. V, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Dante D. D. Vincenzo. That's how I'm going to say it. I'm sorry if I'm butchering it. Set a new championship game record with 31 points off the bench. Surpassing the 22 put up by Luke Hancock for Louisville in 2013. Which ironically enough were both against Michigan. He was 10 for 15 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3, had 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 blocks. No player scored more points in the NCAA final since 89 when John Morton dropped 35 for Seton Hall. Uh, apparently, Dante, he, as a sophomore, was named the Michael Jordan of Delaware, which is something I find pretty funny. Uh, you know, a lot of NBA players were tweeting at him. Heck, of a spotlight for such a young guy. I'm glad for him. It's good to see a young a young star in the making, especially a bench guy. I enjoy those moments where you have a guy come off the bench and he just shocks the world. I love those moments. It's kind of like those feel good movements move, moments in the movies. You know, you think back of sports movies of our childhood, you think of things like uh rookie of the year and you have like the kid or the rookie, the rookie uh, featuring Dennis Quaid. That's another good one. Obviously, that's based off a true story uh, where high school baseball coach tries out for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, makes the team, and ends up pitching in the majors. Like, that's just, that's amazing. I love stories like that. I'm glad to see it. It gives sports a good name. Uh, other sports news, as I go through my list here, I know it's another... Another uh, baseball thing, but the Cubs struck out 11 times Monday to set a new NL record. That's that's just so bad to start season. That's just so bad. They struck out 58 times in five games. That's so bad. You put me up there and I'll strike out last. Like Jesus Christ, man! Come on, Chicago, get your head get your head out of your ass. Uh, in basketball news, Eric Spolstra expects Hassan Whiteside to bounce back. From his recent situation, uh, his recent comments about the Miami Heat, uh, for those of you that don't know, Whiteside was very upset and very vocal about how pissed off he was that he sat for the final 10 minutes of a one-point game last earlier this past week. And the end of the quote, I don't remember the whole quote, but the only part of the quote that stuck out for me was the end, the second half. Where he's like, it's bullshit, it's bullshit, they should be playing me. And then it ended with, there are plenty of other teams that could use a center like me. And so the Heat came out, they find him. And then Eric Spolstra issued this comment. 
but we're here to help Hassan. He's going to be just fine. We're going to help we're going to help him continue to learn how to be a better professional, how to be a better leader in this locker room, how to be a better teammate, and ultimately how to be a better winner. He's been taking those steps. The team, we handled it before practice. It's behind us now. Uh, Hassan's averaging 14 points, 11.6 rebounds, 1.7 blocks, and an assist. He has one year, guaranteed year remaining on his four-year deal that he signed in 2016. They're in seventh place right now, so he was very upset that he wasn't playing against the Nets. But uh, hopefully hopefully him and Spolstra and Pat Riley can get things together. I love seeing him on the Heat, even though I'm a Celtics fan. Uh, it's nice to see the Heat have their own sort of superstar. And I think that's important. Um, ironically enough, Villanova going back, switching back to college basketball. I know I'm jumping all over the place. I'm just going on the list that I have on my computer, and I apologize for that. Uh, Villanova, like the Eagles, were creasing utility poles anticipation, in anticipation for fan celebrations if... Like, if the school were to have won, and they did, I find that very funny. Uh, I've never really looked into why that became a thing in Philadelphia, but I find that really funny that they have to do that. Apparently, Philadelphia police were using oil and hydraulic fuel, hydraulic fluid, excuse me, during the Eagles Super Bowl run. Uh, apparently in 2016, for when Villanova beat my North Carolina Tar Heels, there were more than 20 arrests for disorderly conduct, and at least four were arrested for assaulting uh, police horses, and that's just wrong. Come on, guys. You know, I love sports. I love talking about them. I love watching them, but we need to realize that they're just a game. I get it. Your team won. That's hyped. Get hyped. I love it. I love hearing, I love hearing about great stories and great parties after a championship win, but don't assault a police horse. Like, that's even, in my opinion, that's even worse than assaulting a human. Because if you go up to a human with your fist up, that human knows you're probably about to throw a punch. But the horse doesn't know what you're doing. They're like, come on, guys. It's a game. It's a game. Relax. Celebrate your win. Go, go crack open a few brewskis. Celebrate with your friends. Maybe go to a party. Listen to some music. Have a, have a blast. Have a fucking fantastic time. But don't assault animals. Like, come on. Come on, guys. Y'all are better than that. Y'all are better than that. You know, as a North Carolina fan, I'm starting to hate Villanova. But, you know, I, 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 I think you guys are decent human beings. You know, we, we all have to be decent human beings. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry to go on this rant, but... It's how I feel. It's how I feel. In other news, uh, the NBA expands fan voting to all end-of-season player awards. That is something that I look forward to every year, is hearing who won Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, uh, Sixth Man of the Bench, etc. And it's really cool that they are expanding to allow fans to vote on every single postseason award. I think that's something that's been a long time in the coming Seeing as the NBA's popularity has grown exponentially over the recent years, uh, everyone needs to tip their hat off to the NBA for making such a progressive move and making other progressive moves that they've made. Uh, the one big one that I'd like to point out is how 
You can post anything you want on social media from the NBA. They don't limit you. They're not going to come at you with copyright, which I think in the social media era has helped the NBA become what it has become. Whereas MLB, NHL, and the NFL, while they might let you get away with it, there are times where like if something gets too popular, they shut it down. Or like on YouTube, if it gets too many views, they close it down. They, they hit it with a copyright. Or, or you gotta have ads. Or, you know, whereas the NBA is kind of letting the fans have free reign. And I think that's helping to the popularity of the league. Uh, in other news, Lillard and Oladipo were named Players of the Week for the past week. I think that's a great thing. Uh, Oladipo, in his first year in Indiana, just becoming a star of his own right. Uh, which is beautiful. It's a perfect. It's a great thing to see. I uh, worried that when they traded Paul George away, that they would just be they would be in a hole. They would become the Suns or they become the Seventy Sixers and have to do a full rebuild. However, Oladipo is going to lead them into the playoffs, and I think that's just perfect for the fans of Indiana, for the fans of the Pacers, and it's good to see a franchise be able to keep up the successful seasons that it's had, even without their through and through star. And Damian Lillard, Dame Dalla, uh, Dame Time, whatever you want to call him. Uh, heck of a player, heck of a person. Go online, go on his social media, go on his Twitter, go on his Instagram. Just read the type of stuff he does. He's such a great guy. He loves his fans. He loves the city of Portland. And he's just an all-around great guy. Also, I will put in a, a drop Listen to his album. Listen to his album. Start at the beginning of the album. Start at the top and work your way down. Work your way down. It's a great album. Gotta love how he's still pursuing his love of music. He, he got to succeed in the sport of basketball, which is, his, which is his love. And at the same time, he still wants to go through with his passion of rapping and making music. Uh, hopefully he doesn't put anything out like Alonzo Balls because that mixtape was garbage. Lonzo Ball's mixtape was absolutely trash. What you rocking Zeal twos? I'm blowing past some Zeal twos. You know I got a Zeal two. Pay respect and pay your dues. Other news: Hornets offer GM position to Mitch Kupchak, who is most recently with the Lakers and built the Lakers dynasty. Good for him. I hope he accepts. Uh, I think Kupchak with Michael Jordan could be huge. Could be absolutely huge. Uh, we'll obviously have to see, wait and see if he accepts, and then wait and see what happens. It'll be a couple years before you can really make a decision on that, but, you know, we we will see. Uh, uh, like I was just mentioning, Dame Dalla, the Blazers clinched a playoff spot for five straight years. Good for him, good for Terry Stotts, and good for CJ McCollum. It'll be great to see them in the playoffs again. I love the adversity and the struggle him and McCollum can put on other teams. I love seeing the fire and the passion that those two play with. It'll be great to see. Uh, interestingly enough, two days ago, there was a video of Aaron Donald post posted by the checkdown, and apparently Aaron Donald of the Rams uses knives in his off-season training exercise. I mean, good for him. If he thinks it helps him, and it helps him. Good for him. I really do. 
I really think it's good for him. However, like, please don't end up as the next. Oh God, what the what the hell is his name? He plays for the uh, Giants. He's got three. <laughs> He's got three fucking fingers. Can't think of. Oh, uh, JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul. That's the name I'm looking for. Don't don't become the next JPP. You know, you know, don't be like JPP who has three three letters in his nickname and three fingers on his hand. Oh, another another NFL news. Fox is targeting Aikman and Buck for Thursday night football. Following Manning's rejection, please do not hire Joe Buck. Please. If if my input on my podcast can be anything, it's Fox, don't fucking hire Joe Buck. Please don't fucking hire Joe Buck. I know people are going to hate in the comments about how I say that, but I fucking hate Joe Buck. Ugh. A former NFL QB Todd Marinovich is back in jail. Uh, you may have seen a couple years ago the Netflix documentary, the Marinovich, I believe it was the Marinovich Saga or the Marinovich Tales. Uh, I'm pulling up what he was arrested for. He was drafted by the Raiders, played a few years <clears throat> for the Raiders after going to USC. Uh, apparently, he posted, he was arrested on March 19th, posted bail, and then was arrested again March 23rd. Uh, the 48-year-old, they have not said why he was arrested these two times. But the 48-year-old was also in the middle of a two-year probation sentence. Probation. Ugh. I have an issue speaking today. I'm sorry about that, guys. A two-year probation sentence handed out last year for being found naked in a stranger's backyard with drugs and syringes. Interesting. Uh, Marinovich played for USC and was taken 24th overall in the 91 draft by the Los Angeles Raiders. And he flamed out due to a drug addiction, playing in eight games over two years. Um, yeah. It's really sad to see someone who was so good in college turn into this. Uh, by the way, the Netflix documentary, I just looked it up. It's the Marinovich Project. If any of you guys wanted to look it up, wanted to watch it, I highly recommend it. It's a good one. As all the ESPN 30 for 30s are. Uh, another report coming in from thescore.com is that Patriots hosting former Bills wideout Jordan Matthews uh, Jordan Matthews is a great wide receiver, in my opinion. Uh, he's underrated. Obviously, he's missed some time uh, due to due to injury, due to other issues. Um, however, I do believe he is a he's a above average wide receiver who could come in, give Tom Brady a good asset, a good pair of hands to catch passes. And you know, guys that we've taken from. Buffalo have turned out successful in the past. Uh, you look at Rex Burkhead. You look at... Wow, I'm just forgetting names today. Uh, the cornerback... I want to say Eric Rowe, but it's not Eric Rowe. Um, I apologize for that, guys. Uh, I've been a little out of it today. I wanted to drop a new episode, but uh, I've been really tired, really exhausted to, uh, this this past uh, seven days, so I'm just, I'm just blocking on my name, on the name, uh, give me one second, and I will pull it up, but again, he, this, uh, the cornerback was our number one cornerback this past year, uh, heck of a, heck of a cornerback, and played extremely well, even though we gave him a lot of money, 
You know, and so that makes two guys. Stephen Gilmore, I apologize for that. I apologize, Stephen Gilmore, if you do hear this. Uh, so that's two guys we signed in the past year alone that came over from Buffalo and did a heck of a job playing for us. Apparently, we also brought in Troy Nicholas for a workout. Uh, he, in his NFL career, he has 11 catches for 132 yards and a touchdown. So maybe we'll bring in Troy. You know, especially with Gronk being uncertain, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, everyone should know by now the Chargers reach an agreement with Geno Smith. Good for them. I believe I mentioned that on my last episode. Uh, good for them. They need a QB. I think I think Geno Smith, if you put him in the right offense, he could he could he could be something. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people. Don't give him enough credit. Uh, I do believe, you know, I'm one of those guys that would lo- that love second chances. I love giving guys more opportunity to succeed. Uh, you know, one of my personal opinions is Tim Tebow didn't get a big of a chance as he deserved. Uh, Johnny Manziel, I want him to be given a second chance. He apparently has gotten his life back on track. And it would be great to see him have another chance in the NFL. Uh Back to a little bit of baseball news, something that I saw that I found interesting. Uh, Donaldson was seen whistling to the White Sox dugout during his first home run trot of the year, and apparently he explained the action to the reporters post-game. And this is a direct quote from Donaldson, according to Gregor Chesholm of MLB.com. They have a particular coach over there that likes to blow an actual whistle when their team makes a good play. I was talking to former coaches I had in the minor leagues about it before the game. I guess he he seemed it to be appropriate. So I felt it would be appropriate to blow one back at him when I did make a play. The White Sox coach is apparently named Daryl Boston, who started using a whistle a few years ago after his attempt to get an outfielder's attention fell short. Uh, Boston said back, I was informed that he was not particularly thrilled about the whistle, and he showed me that he was not. Kansas City gives me a hard time about it. They don't like it in particular. I don't know if all of, if you all notice this, but sometimes when they score runs, they'll blow the whistle song. That's kind of directed at me as well. Uh, that's kind of funny. I think it's interesting. At least it's not like some big... Like, it's not like some racial slur or some other issue. Like, we've seen issues around the MLB about those type of things in recent years. I'm glad it's just it's just a joke. Um, yeah. Uh, I do agree with what the Minnesota Twins were saying after yesterday's game. Uh, catcher Chance Sisko laid down a bunt in the ninth inning. Baltimore was down 7 to nothing, and Jose Barrios had a one-hitter going. And Dozier and the Twins said it violated the unwritten rules of baseball. Uh, Catcher of the Baltimore Royals, Caleb Joseph, clapped back, saying, The problem is the unwritten rules are written differently by 30 teams and applied differently by 30 different teams. When they're not jointly seen eye-to-eye, you're going to have issues. One of my unwritten rules would be don't shift a guy in the ninth inning. Cisco abunted, bunted to avoid the shift. Joseph argues that if the Twins thought the game was out of hand, 
then using an infield shift was a violation in itself. Ooh. That brings up a good debate. And then, I'll, I'll get back to that in a second. But Buck Walter said, I just wonder where some of the bunting thing is going to end. Are you, like, not allowed to throw change-ups when you're up 6 nothing? Like, where does it stop? I don't think the issue is that you're supposed to just give up and let him win. The issue is, is he's throwing a one-hitter. He's throwing a heck of a game. And you're bunting. The bunt does your team no good. You might get on. Now, I do agree their point. You can go both ways, especially with this one. If you're going to put on the shift, because I can't, I can't sit here and agree with the Minnesota Twins after reading that. Because I'm a huge fan of, if you see the shift, bunt it down the fucking third baseline. I don't care if you're David Ortiz and Prince Fielder. Fucking bunt that shit down the line and get your infield single. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna shift on me, if you're gonna shift on me, you're gonna give me that disrespect. I'm gonna bunt that ball right down the fucking third base line, and I'm gonna jog for my infield single. So this is the type of thing that could easily go both ways, and I think it'll be interesting to see where MLB fans sort of lie in this debate. I want. Anyone who listens to this episode of the podcast, I want you to comment down in the comment section. Is the bunt okay or a violation of sportsmanship? I'm personally on this one because they shifted. Hear me out. Because they shifted. I'm going to say the bunt is okay. If they didn't shift, if they didn't shift and you're bunting, just to try to get an infield single to put two hits on the guy instead of one, then you're an ass. Get your hit the old-fashioned way. Swing the damn bat. Put it where there's no fielders. But, you know, because they shifted, kudos to him. Kudos to him. You should tell your team not to shift. Kudos to him. Man. Wow. Uh, in other news, Dexter Fowler got his hit on Monday. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys saw his Twitter post. It said uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight times. It said, I will get a hit, period. Like in one tweet, I will get a hit, period. I will get a hit, period. So on for for seven times. And then it ended with, I will get dot, dot, dot. Good for him. Good for him. He was in a bit of a slump. To start the year, I would know because I have him on one of my fantasy baseball teams. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't been he hasn't been doing so great, but uh, it's good to see him bounce back. It's good to see him get that hit. Uh, Giants McCutcheon, Longoria, and Jackson go two for, thir- two for 43 through the first series. Uh, that's not a good sign for them individually or that team. That was a team with a lot of promise. That was a team with a lot of hope, a lot of promise. It's an even year. So, you know, who knows? They might get back to that even years. We're in the Super... Or we're in that... Wow. We're in the World Series. Uh, sorry about that, guys. I said I was out of it. Uh, four days ago, the Raiders released Marquette King. Uh, I hope someone picks him up. I love seeing him. I love seeing him out there dancing on the field. Uh, throwing throwing the refs flags and, and shit like that. It's like watching it's like watching a kid. 
And I love that. I love it when players have fun doing what they do. You know, there have been guys that piss me off to watch in every sport. Because they're just, they're, they're just too angry and too serious. One of them was like Chris Anderson. Fucking Chris Anderson the Birdman. He pissed me off for the longest time because he wasn't having fun playing. Like, this man is out there doing what every kid wants to do. Dunking, getting rebounds, and playing in the NBA. Playing with guys like LeBron and, and Ray Allen. And he's just pissed off all the fucking time. Like, pull your head out of your ass. Oh, you know. You know, that's me. Other people have different opinions. Other people think I should be serious all the time. But, you know, that's, that's not me. That's not me. Uh, I'm looking for a good feel-good story, but I'm not really seeing. I'm not really seeing one today, which is kind of sad, you know. You know, I wanted to add. I wanted to add a feel-good story. Ooh, here's one. Here's one. I found one. Tony Romo. Uh, everyone knows him from his career with the Dallas Cowboys, and now he is in sports broadcasting. Good for him. Uh, he this year was his first season. He was nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Sports Personality, Sport Event Analyst. Uh, others in that category are John Gruden, Kirk Herbstreet, John Smoltz, and Gary Danielson. You know, just the fact that Romo is nominated for such an award is great. Uh, people gave him a lot of unwarranted scrutiny during his playing career with the Dallas Cowboys that even I, who I will admit, was one of those people that dished out some unfair criticism of his game. You know, it's good to see him bounce back. It's good to see him get into another career. One of the things I love about watching Tony Romo call a football game is the fact that because he was a quarterback, because he knows how quarterbacks work, especially in the NFL, especially for being there so long, he can tell what plays are being run. And I think that's beautiful. I love watching a football game, and every once in a while hearing Tony Romo go, this is going to be a pass to the left side. And then, boom, two seconds later, it's a pass to the left side. I love that. Um, But I'm going to end on that, seeing as we're about to hit 35 minutes. I apologize for any screw-ups, slip-ups, and mumbling that I've had today. Like I said, I've been out of it. I've been exhausted today. I was up really late last night and had an early morning this morning. Uh, I want to thank y'all for listening to the second episode of the Seth Hizzy Sports Podcast. Feel free to subscribe, feel free, or to follow rather, because it's on SoundCloud at this point. Uh, Eventually, I'm going to expand and do probably what I plan to do in the summer is I want to do one or two episodes a week on SoundCloud and then do one live episode a week through Eastern Connecticut State University uh, through 90.1 FM, Willimantic, Connecticut. I um not to put the horse in front of the wagon. Uh but I am in talks with their station manager to put something together like that. Uh hopefully it comes through, hopefully it ends up happening. If not, I will continue to post here on SoundCloud. Uh, eventually, hopefully my goal is to get enough listeners to get on Spotify. If I can get on Spotify, that'd be huge. But until then, I'm just gonna have to work my way there. Um, so again, I'd like to thank you all for listening. I have a couple of big, big episodes that might be occurring in the near future. Uh, one of which is I might, I might, I might get 
I put, don't want to put the cart in front of the wagon here, or the cart in front of the horse here, but I might, might have a minor league baseball player on one of my next couple episodes. Um, and in one of the next couple episodes, I'm going to have a couple of my good friends joining me, uh, probably one-on-one. I'll go to one and then the other, uh, my boy DB and my boy Tommy Chong, uh, not the actor Tommy Chong, but, uh, my good friend Tommy Chong from high school, uh, they're going to be joining me. They're going to dissect different sports with me, uh, get into some arguments. Uh, my boy Tommy is a huge Steelers fan, so we're probably going to bring up the 70 Steelers and the 2000 Patriot debate. Uh, my boy Dan Brown, heck of a basketball player, heck of a soccer player, and heck of a track runner. He's, a, he's currently a college track runner. We'll probably break apart some NBA action. Probably the NBA playoffs, uh, what the Celtics are capable without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward, and without some of the other key players that are missing, Marcus Smart, just to name another. Uh, and we'll break apart some other teams, uh, what he thinks of the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James and how they're trying to rebound going into the postseason. It'll be fun to shoot shit with those guys on the show. Um, other than that, those are the two big things that are coming up, hopefully. Hopefully. I expect, obviously, that my friends will be on. They want to be on. And I can't wait to have them on. Minor League Baseball player. I have one. I have one I'm talking to right now. He seems to be interested in it. In being interviewed on a podcast. Uh, obviously, this is a brand new podcast. So convincing him to do so has been a little been a little tough. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him for that. We'll see what happens there. I think I think I can pull it through and give you guys that needed interview that you guys want to hear. I hope I can come through for all you guys that listen. I think it'll be great. I think it would be great. We'll have to see. So with that, I'm signing off. Thank you for listening to the second episode of the Seth Hizzy Sports Podcast. If there's anything I fucked up, if there's anything you want me to talk about in my next episode that I probably will create. Thursday, drop it Thursday. Is there anything you want me to discuss, debate, break apart, dissect, whatever? Fucking put it in the comments. You know, don't forget about my debate. Uh, is bunting in the shift during a one hitter okay? Put that in the fucking comments. And any other comments you have, just put them down there. I'm sure I'll read them. Even if I don't respond to y'all bullshit, I'll fucking read them. Don't you worry about that. Uh, other than that, have a fantastic Tuesday. Thank you all for listening.